If you are currently with children, I should warn you, there is some bad language in this episode. You have been warned. (laughs) So I've been a staff writer for two years at The Pitch, a little over two years, and I've got to do all the stuff I kind of wanted to do. Welcome to the Paris of the Plains. From Kansas City, I'm your host, Matt Hodap. Dave Hudnall has been a writer at The Pitch for the past four and a half years. He's brought us stories about the streetcar, disappearing tiny house enthusiasts, and most notably, the payday loan industry. Unfortunately for us, he recently took a job in Durham, North Carolina. But before he left, he agreed to sit down with me for an interview about becoming a writer and his experiences covering Kansas City. An exit interview of sorts for the Paris of the Plains. So I don't think it ever occurred to me that you could, uh, or that I could make a living as a writer. Everybody in my family was like a teacher or a lawyer or something like that. Um, it was never really a thought. And then in high school, I took a journalism class. They let me write um, like funny stories. So like I had friends who went to Branson for spring break one year uh, instead of like Cancun or whatever, Florida. And uh, I wrote a story about that where I sort of like heightened the drama of you know their trip to. Steak and shake or whatever and then I went to school at the University of Missouri Columbia the next year and Then just completely forgot I had any interest in writing at all and uh, Spent the next like four years sort of just fucking around (laughs) So then after that I moved back home uh, to Kansas City and moved into my parents' basement in Brookside. Finally got like a temp job at Shook Hardy and Bacon. They call it, it's a big law firm by Crown Center. They call it uh, the Evil Empire because they, or they used to at least, because they defend uh, tobacco companies, pharmaceutical companies, um, other industries that don't have a good track record of caring about public, <laughs> caring about the public interest. At that point, I was like, had gotten really back into, or really, I guess, sort of for the first time into like reading fiction. But so I had sort of gotten my head. I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a. Uh, I'm gonna be Raymond Carver, basically. I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm gonna be a short story writer and be real gritty, uh, you know, or like, you know, I was into whoever um, young white men are usually into. And so I applied to go to graduate school for creative writing, and then I moved to New York to, uh, I guess, get a job in publishing. I think that was the idea. Uh, as I recall, of course, like two months before that, Lehman Brothers had crashed and uh, the economy was in free fall and magazines and newspapers and publishing houses were just like falling left and right. It was, it was crazy actually. Um, so there were no jobs for me and I don't think there would have been jobs for me even if that wasn't true. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, so I went up there and sort of scraped by uh, f- uh, freelancing for these sort of garbage, uh, business publications where I would write puff pieces about any company that paid to, to have the puff piece written about them. And also trying to write a bad novel. So after 
that failure in New York, um, uh, I moved back home to Kansas City. Uh, I saw a job opened up at the pitch. <laughs> and so uh, it was for a music blogger, which is a position they don't have anymore. But it was like, um, you know, right three posts a day about the local music scene. So I took that job and uh, it was just an insulting amount of pay. It was something like, um, I feel like people never talk about how bad writers get paid, so or in specifics about how they get paid. So I will tell you what I got paid. I got paid $150 a week to write 15 blog posts. like fuck this fuck you people <laughs> and so I I was like and fuck Kansas City I'm out of here and then the pitch called and they were like hey the music editor position opened up would you want to apply for it and uh, I was like yeah okay <laughs> I would try and do stories in addition to that that were sort of more news or other other than music so I could prove to like my editor, like, hey, I can do these stories. So if a job opens up, not doing music anymore, I want to, I want to do that job. And so anyway, then that spot opened up and uh, took it. I, I, I wish I would have uh, had an easier path <laughs> or a less roundabout path to what I'm doing right now. It's like you know, it's ten years later that I'm sort of, or it's probably seven years, and you know, since when I started to where I kind of got to where I, I wanted to be. So when people sometimes ask me, like, you know. You know, how did you get that job? I'm like, well, I basically just ate shit for <laughs> eight years. And I've got to do all the stuff I kind of wanted to do, which is like a mix of arts, features, investigative stories, news stories. The sort of main one I guess I'm known for is, is this investigative piece about the payday loan industry in Kansas City, or the online payday loan industry in Kansas City, which is this very shadowy, group of extremely rich people who have figured out a way to uh, defraud consumers across America. Um, uh, so that that was probably the one that uh, I have the mo people most often ask me about. Um, and also kind of the scariest one. It was, it was definitely the most exciting thing I've ever worked on because there was a lot of mystery, like nobody... I, nobody really knew who these people were, or, or they didn't know how they did what they did, and it was, it was, you know, when you Google, it's always interesting when you Google somebody's name and nothing comes up, right? You know, like, that's always, that's how I feel like you know you're onto a good story. There was one guy in this industry that everybody knew about, his name was Scott Tucker, and he's a race car driver, and he also owns these huge, you know, payday loan companies that, you know, partner with Indian tribes to avoid um, regulation and prosecution. And, and there, there, there was a little bit known about him, but I kept hearing about this guy who was his brother named Joel Tucker. And I would, I just, I would Google him. I would, uh, I would get on like the um, dark web, what do they call that? The, the Tor browser or whatever, and Google him and just, you know, go through pages and pages. There was just nothing about this guy. Uh, but I would hear about it, and then I finally uh, was able to uh, get somebody to leak me some internal documents from his company that sort of opened the entire thing up for me. Um, and there were several people like that where it was like, nobody knew these guys 
were doing this stuff and they were making tens of million dollars a year. It was scary because a lot of people, um, you know, that I would, as I got closer on that story, uh, a lot of people would sort of imply to me, like, you, know, you don't really want to fuck around with some of these people. They're, you know, they can make your life unpleasant. Uh, and that gives you pause. I mean, anytime you're kind of going after somebody who's really rich, they can make your life unpleasant. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that was, I guess, a, that story was fun because... Uh, there was mystery to it. Like there, there was. It was like solving a, a mystery. And I, you know, I think when I was little, I liked uh, watching. Um, I was thinking about this today, actually. I, like I liked watching like John Grisham movies, <laughs> where there was like, uh, you know, there was it was like white collar crime mystery type of stuff. I continued to report on that industry. Or I still am, and. Anytime a story goes up, you got trolls in there because, like, that are saying personal stuff about me, about my family. I mean, we sort of, we've been closing the comments. Um, we've gradually kind of, that's kind of become our policy on those stories just because the people who comment on them are so, uh, such garbage people. Um, but, or I mean, the people who, you know, kind of say really nasty stuff, which is not said underneath other comments. So, anyway, or other stories. But, and that's, I think, a challenge of, of being a reporter in Kansas City. I think it's uh, one thing I don't like about reporting in Kansas City is that it's hard to get people to talk on the record because, um, you know, every, there's this veneer of niceness that, that everybody here likes to pretend that they have. Um, and, uh, you know, so they, they're like, you know, they'll call you and... and tell you what a terrible person this guy is and what you know all the terrible stuff his business is doing and how they've wronged him but i'm like well can i get that on the record and they're like oh no i don't want to i don't want to you know <laughs> it's like well at some point somebody's gonna have to say something on the record about this i really uh, i have real mixed feelings about leaving kansas city and and a decent chance i'll be back at some point i'm leaving two weeks and i'm very conflicted about everything i'm excited and sad and but yeah, Kansas City is where was good in that I, I was allowed to kind of learn how to do this on the job and and, and in a and in a place that I knew well, like I've known, you know, I, I feel like I know the I know Kansas City really well in a way that I'll I'll never really know anything else. So um so yeah. i I like to have a point of view in my stories. I think that's the I think that's the best way to tell a story is to have a, a strong point of view, but also uh, report the fuck out of it. Thanks to Dave Hudnall for sharing his story with us. Just a quick announcement. We're extremely excited to announce we'll be partnering with KKFI 90.1 to bring our Kansas City stories to their airwaves. Our first broadcast will be Thursday, December 10th at 8 p.m. Make sure to tune in. You can also listen to these stories again at www.parisoftheplainspodcast.com. We are always looking for new narratives. Make sure to click on the Your Story tab to send us a story. Also, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. All our music is original and written by composer Jamie Searle. Our digital graphic work is done by Matthew Sullivan. I'm Matt Hodap. Thanks for listening.